Hey, everybody. This is Dan Jacobson. I'm joined in studio with Kristen Jacobson. Hey. And Scott Irwin. Kristen's back. Yes. Woo! And Daniel Asher. Hello. You're listening to the Following Faith podcast. We are so excited to be here. Roll the theme music. Donna. <laughs> no, see, that doesn't work because we don't have oh. theme music. It's just that, like, time uh, for the theme song. For whatever reason, yeah. the John Cena theme just came <laughs> Yeah. You guys, it's been a, a really long time since we've been in the studio together. Yes. Um, you know, we we are taking COVID seriously, but we're here and I love that. So it's great to see you guys. Um, we're While we're recording this, it is raining, which as a property owner, I feel like this is a, a how you know you're old is when you care about your grass. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, it's been so dry. Daniel, you're, have you been there yet? Caring about grass? Yeah. No, I'm caring about us not having sight. Do you have in a roof? House, so. <laughs> Does, yeah. Will water be in your house today? Oh, guaranteed. Oh, oh no. Guaranteed. Oh, no. We should go over there with a the shop vac and just take care of that. Yes. Uh, Daniel, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, man, but your living situation today is so poetic. Like, I feel like it's exactly like the life of a starving artist would be. Do you <laughs> Newly care? I don't know if you care to go on the record and share like some of the generosity of our people, but also like, what you're up to. Yeah, uh, it's been an interesting two weeks. Uh, so we um, we went to Jamaica for a honeymoon, which was incredible. Yeah, um, man. <laughs> yeah, and then... Uh, so the travel was a little bit crazier than we expected. Um, so we had several layovers that we initially hadn't planned for. Like we had to fly into New York and oh, into man. Boston, Fort Lauderdale, um, all of which were like overnights that we were not expecting. Um, so we got back and Christina's parents were, uh, I mean, naturally just pretty nervous. Wait, hold on. We're just all sitting here listening to you talk about these layovers. Wait, what? How many yeah. nights were you traveling? Uh, we had, so we had two, two overnight, uh, layovers. That you were not supposed to have? We were, that we were not supposed to have. Before what? you got to Jamaica or one on one side and one on the one other? One on one side, one on the other side. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, but they, they changed while we were, while we were like, like during the week, they changed the yeah. flights. Yeah. Our whole entire okay. podcast audience was was holding their breath, thinking <laughs> about you know that moment of your life yes. uh, being spent in airports. So yeah, okay, well no we, yeah, it was uh it was weird. We had like a flight from New York to Boston, which is literally a thirty minute flight. You yeah. were like you were up, you <laughs> and settle, down. and then we are descending. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so it was really stupid, but naturally, her parents um that we're living with now. While we uh, while we are remodeling the house, um, they were a little bit nervous just about how much travel we were doing. Um, and I'm nervous about how much travel you were doing. I've been everywhere. Um, so we got back, and they uh, kindly asked us to quarantine for 14 days. Kicked you to the curb. Yeah. So um, home. Well, they welcome home, but not here. <laughs> so we stayed. Uh, we stayed a couple nights um, at uh, the Hilton. Nice. In oh, nice. Maribel, it's pretty right. pretty nice. Yeah. Um, and then we have spent the rest of the duration um, with Brandon and Kendra Keen. They have a camper. Uh, oh, they just acquired awesome. from their parents, so nice. uh, we've been hanging out in their camper for uh, the past week. And now we're um, at uh, Casa de la Barge. Oh, oh man, you've been all over the place. That. I know. Yeah. yeah. So we just I moved in there last knew. night. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I I thought you were like getting kicked out of the Keens' house because like your camper was in the orchard. And oh, yeah. the orchard's getting ready. Take they're they're fixing to open. And uh, I thought maybe that was the deal. So well, how long will you be at the LaBarge's? Uh, until Sunday. Okay. And After then where that, are you going? Uh, and then I think we're going to be allowed to actually move in with her parents. Oh, okay. That's good. So it's all very, very weird because I still have a house yeah. with right. uh, 
my old roommates. So that's where all of my stuff is, all of my clothes. So I'm still uh, getting acclimated to married life because I'm, I want to be like, okay, babe, I'll see you later. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. Right. I'm going to no, go home. Nope. Nope. And it's like, no, we're no, you're also home paying is a, together. You're also paying a mortgage on another house. That's Correct. right. That's crazy. <laughs> Scott's, be Scott's responsible now. mind just went to that. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, let's get you, you using so, what you're paying you have for. so many houses. Okay. Here's the big question. Do you, does the conditions of staying with the barges include you have to wake up early and walk Winston? They do wake up at five, five or five thirty, and go on a healthy daily stroll. Really, it's actually really beautiful. Bad discipline. Wow, I'm yeah. impressed. That's awesome. That's yeah, they not go to bed a like eight have to. Though. That's like a get to. Right. Yeah. Walk Winston. Winston is possibly the greatest dog at Bethel Church. Really? I don't know. I Kimmy don't know just if I started feel... bawling somewhere. <laughs> yeah. No, but really, if we could have like a, a mascot. A, a mascot or like even just like a dog show where like we gave a best in show. I think Winston already won. Wins every day. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. What about no Marty? Uh, Marty comes in dead last. Dead, dead last. last. And hopefully just in all <laughs> categories. <laughs> I didn't say it. All right. I thought it. I thought it. Scott, anything happening in, in uh, your neck of the woods? My neck of the woods. Well, every single road in Hobart is closed yes. right now. So Seriously? Yes. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Bad. I literally... It's driving me nuts right now. Anybody in Hobart can probably totally attest to this. There are people in the, traffic right now listening to this, honking yes, their horns, going, I, it, come on. Okay, I don't know. I, you guys probably don't know the road, but Wisconsin coming north from like 10th Street all the way up to Old Ridge. Yep. It is the only like way from to the south through, to the north yeah. in Hobart. I was on a mile and a half stretch yesterday in Hobart for 15 minutes. Incredible. 15 minutes. It was driving me nuts. Do we need to get like the the director of like roads and building on our podcast to have him just yes. like who is that apologize guy? to can all of Do we have the to power him? to do that? No, absolutely not. We don't, but we can ask, right? I mean, goodness. If everybody, you know, adds him on Facebook, I'm sure we could. And so my life is pretty good because I'm complaining about the traffic. Yeah. Sure. That's where yeah. I'm at. Nice. Yes. How American of you. Yes. Just there's something that some decision that people made that inconveniences my life that I just don't like. And the only thing I do is just yell. Yeah. Yeah. Into the wind here. In, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's where exactly. I'm at. That's where I'm at. Well, you guys, uh, we're hitting hitting that stage of the season where um, one thing happens in Northwest Indiana that makes it, you know, I, I talked to one person today, so this may sound judgmental. I hope that by saying that before I say this, it's not judgmental, but it makes it worth it to live in Northwest Indiana, is what this person said. <laughs> uh, it's County Line Orchard Donuts opening mm. up. Oh, nice. uh, September Amen. 3rd, a little PSA for those of you who thought it was earlier, like me, and showed up when they were just like building the displays, thinking there were donuts available. The Dan promises donuts this morning and I, showed up without donuts. They, and they I don't, don't think have anything donuts. Worse. Apples are still on the trees. How man. dare you? Uh, but you guys, are you? Do you, let's just talk about the orchard for a second because there are neighbors. Um, you know, some of us closer neighbors than others. Uh, but <laughs> is this a thing for your families? And uh, what's the right way to do the orchard? We went once last year, so I, I don't know if we do the orchard right. I think you do the orchard like everyone else. Yeah, once once and it was packed i yeah we've never actually picked apples we go for the donuts (laughs) and sometimes the kid zone we did that a couple years and that's pretty fun but yeah mainly the donuts and i'm gonna have a hot take here pumpkin's better than apple very true hot take it is a hot take i never so i never think about the pumpkin donuts in the middle of like you know april I always think about the apple donuts because it's an apple mm. orchard. Yeah. But I can't Wrong. disagree. Wrong. That 
That the, donut is insane. The pumpkin ones are the glazed. Yes. Yeah, the and orange the ones. Apple are, ones yeah. are like the the cinnamon. So so, so the pumpkin ones are the ones that taste like pumpkin, and the <laughs> apple <Yes>. ones. <laughs> okay, you with taste me? Taste like yep. cinnamon. Yeah. I will <laughs> agree with that. Yes, yes. I think the best way to do it is False to have is to have you know two and stack them on top of each other. One <laughs> apple, one pumpkin, there and then go. a thing of coffee to chase it with. Yes. And oh gosh. Gosh, this is gluttony at its finest right here. This is gluttony. Um, so that's not actually what I want to talk about, but that is coming up and is on my mind and just a PSA. They're not open yet. I thought they would be Scott. We got one thing coming up. Uh, and then Kristen, I'll kick it to you too. Yeah. Um, we've got verge plus Ooh, happening yes. and now is really a great time to tell us what verge plus is. Is this a, a cable subscription service? To yes. Verge? It's just like Disney plus. Yeah. Except <laughs> it's just me teaching middle school students. That could so, be amazing. You know. I might pay for that. <laughs> You might have an audience. No, man. no, we're super pumped. So usually we have kickoff for Verge, and it's this big old thing. Daniel's a part of yeah. it, part of it every year. Usually we start in like April, and it's a massive event. It's we a have carnival. Yeah, it's, it's carnival. Insane. Like I don't know, we had six hundred, seven hundred students last it's year. It's been around. It's been between five and eight hundred students every year. Yes. Or the past, the past three. Or four usually years at Crown Point. Yeah. But obviously this year we can't get that many people together in, right. in one place. So every campus is doing their own thing. So Verge Plus is our version of of kickoff here at the campus and it's going to be like a mini version of uh of kickoff or of carousel and it's it's going to be a blast we're, we're super pumped there's a bunch of different stations we're doing like airsoft battles and oh that's craft amazing. sign paintings and flower crowns inflatables. yes flower crowns which i have no idea how to do so i'm gonna <laughs> delegate i was told to <laughs> nice no we're really excited so that's september 13th here at this campus every other campus has their own um, yeah it's going like the 11th through the 13th yes and then Gary's that Wednesday. Yeah. So I guess if there was a student who wanted to go all four, you could. You could theoretically Sweet. bounce yeah. from campus to campus to campus. Uh, I've been thinking about an event, and I don't know if it's a good idea or not. I just let you decide. Um, but I think you should get like a like a, a leader to dress up in a gorilla costume. Yes. And do you know that one acre piece of land? in the back of our property you know, like yes. where all the trees are and they're all overgrown vines where is this going have um, them hide back there i think you do a combination of like where's the gorilla yeah mixed with hatchet throwing um and, you lost me at the almost you, murder if you <laughs> took a hard left you can only throw if you see the guy but dude there's so many trees back there you, you can, can only throw if you see totally fine you can only okay. you think that would be wor worthwhile Let's i mean adjust. who would you put in the gorilla costume you know what i feel like this could be admitted into court one day so i'm just not <laughs> that's say a really wise decision <laughs> that hatchet, hatchet throwing is in right now yes. Yes. It is, it is, is it is it really oh yeah it's the oh, thing that's crazy we went we went for my uh my bachelor party uh, in downtown Chicago, and it's like this super sketchy part of town, um, and it's like you—it's in an unmarked building, uh, and it's called Bad Axes. Nice, uh, nice. We to say that very carefully. There, yes. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's very, yeah. Uh, but it is so much fun. Yeah, it's so much fun. And I talked with um, uh, Jeremy Cartagena, where we in his backyard, where we had our uh, our wedding ceremony, and I was like, we should totally do. An axe throwing course back here. Now, did you How throw at wood or did you throw at a person? Or a gorilla. Ooh, or a gorilla. Or a person in a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> wood. Oh, wood. Okay. nice. Yeah. Excellent. Well, they'd be throwing at wood too, but there'd be a gorilla behind the wood. Oh, oh my yes. gosh. Those trees are thin. You have to have a real thin person. Do you think, there. I think like one good hatchet throw, some of those trees would come down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, I, I'm sure you're not doing that. I'm sure facetious. <laughs> Certainly not. Say, it'll be as now, much maybe. fun as if you were. So <laughs> Wow. No, I'm looking forward to Verge kicking off, man. Yeah, and I love that we get awesome. to have a kickoff here at our campus. That's been something we've wanted to do for a long time. Yes. Um, 
maybe uh, you can share with us just a little bit for, so the parents that are listening can hear what the plan is for Verge in the fall after after Verge Plus, that gig, yes. big kickoff Sunday night. Yeah, Verge is, um, I think it's going to be a really cool year for Verge this fall. But I, logistics-wise, we're running on Wednesdays still. We're going to run outside for as long as we can. You know, And who knows how, what that's going to be. We could run into November. We could right. be snowing on October 1st. Yep. So we'll run outside for as long as we can. And then um, afterwards, we're actually going to move inside and have split nights. So middle school will have their own room and their own evening. High school will have their own room and their own evening. Um, and uh, we'll, I'm, I'll, we'll see what God does with it. Still I mean, on Wednesdays. Yeah, still yeah. on Wednesdays at the same time yep. um, as Awana. So uh, working to, to figure out the building stuff, the things you never thought you'd have to think through. Right. Yeah, you never. Know? <laughs> and we're all like training the Bible, not in like project management or no. like building <laughs> facility usage So or pandemics. So I appreciate all the work you've done. And it's Thanks, been, it's a, it's a different, you know, different year for us, but it has the potential to be a really healthy thing. So yeah, I'm I agree. For that. Kristen. Uh, we got a, an event um, that Saturday before Verge Plus uh, with with some ladies. You want to talk about that? That is correct. Yeah, we're doing our girls' night out event here in our HP lawn. The plan is um, actually not just HP. We are combining for Gary for this event. Come on, with cool. Gary for this event. So I'm pumped for that. So we are just going to hang out. It's a BYOE event. Bring your own everything. <laughs> um, I had never heard that term yeah. until I moved. Till I came to Bethel, is that a thing? A BYO? E. No, I've I never made heard it, up. it either. I made. I mean, I've got Yeah, right. BYOE. Yeah, BYOE. Bring your own everything: chair, blanket, food, whatever you want to enjoy yourself. Bring it. You got it. Children? Yeah. Do I bring my own children? Do not bring your okay. children. I mean, well, I guess you no, could dads if you want. Step no, up no, and, yeah, and that's right. Take your kids. That's it. And then other dads the ladies step have up a night and out. take the kids of other people too, so they can go. There you yeah. go. Yep. So we're just going to hang out. We have lawn games, music, may do a little bit of worship. We're on the fence about that, but we might take a little bit of time to do that. Yeah. Just a fun thing to do together. It's been a long time since the ladies have been able yeah. to get together. Which is so a bummer because excited. I feel like you had so many plans this summer. We did. Yeah, we're going to be off, yes. like a and conference and everything. We were looking forward to running our Renew conference again. And, you know, that obviously had to be postponed. I had someone asking about that on Sunday. So hopefully oh, we will... Yeah have some plans in the works for next fall but that's our plan right now and then we'll be kicking off women of the word the week of october 5th and for hp people it'll be october 8th thursdays here if you want to come live you can come thursday evening otherwise we have zoom groups happening um thursday morning and thursday evening if you do a zoom group do you get the county line orchard donuts Mm. um i don't know do we offer county line orchard donuts to the live group. <laughs> Wait, we don't. He just You're, cornered you. Know, like, just cornered you. I've never. That's never been a part of it. All right, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Caroline Orchard is donating yes, all the donuts, exactly, right? All the donuts, aren't you? That's right. Hey, wait, let me plug quick the study that we're doing. Yeah, because do Because it. it's called um, "Jesus and Women" by uh, Christy McClelland, and it's a study of um, all the interactions that Jesus has with women throughout the Gospels, mm-hmm. and she takes time for, to help us understand the cultural context in which Jesus was interacting and how he, in each of these interactions, doesn't shame or belittle mm. women, but actually elevates them and mm. shows their worth and their value in a culture that would have um, thought of them as very little. So I'm really excited to dig into that and to even hear from this woman who's a very gifted teacher We'll be able to hear her teaching and follow along in this study. So it's going to be a good thing. Seven weeks 
register online, BethelWeb.org. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Daniel, there's a, a really fun event that Century Worship is doing, right? Uh, yeah. Coming up. When is that? That is September 25th. Nice. Uh, we are super excited for it. Um, Crown Point Campus. Yeah, Crown Point. Uh, yeah. It's the Gary Campus um, and uh, members of Century Worship. Um, it's it's We have been planning a night of worship uh, for like eight months. Um, we had kind of just, um, had it approved, um, and had this big, uh, Gary and Century influenced night of worship ready to go, um, literally like the week before the shutdown. Um, so we have been, um, praying, uh, when the time would be right to do it. Um, and September opened up. Um, so we're going to be outside, uh, Crown Point campus. I believe it's 6 PM. I might be wrong about that. So I'm going to have to uh, correct me. That's okay. We'll drop it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but no, we, we are, we're so excited for it. We're so excited. We, we've all kind of been at different campuses. Um, I, I stopped leading at crown point, um, since we've changed to 1015. So I haven't, I haven't led with Dustin or Parker or Denise in, uh, over a month right now. Um, so we're super excited about that and really just excited to see our, our campus have an opportunity to worship, uh, with one another, yeah. Yeah. Uh, everybody yeah. under the same, that's been one thing that I, I I really truly missed the most. We I feel like the most normal experience that we had was the inside worship services, but that wasn't normal because we had yeah. masks on and whatnot. Um, but it was at least the most focused worship time with people together. Outdoors has been a wonderful thing for us to connect with people, but I notice it's still a very challenging environment for us right. to. I'd have to say it's the hardest environment for me to preach in. I was telling our team today, like mm-hmm. these past six seven weeks of preaching outside have been. Uh, akin to like trying to wrangle a group of kindergarten kids, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's just a difficult thing for us. And and all, likewise, I think singing is a difficult experience, even for me in my own heart. You know, I feel the the tension on a Sunday of of really entering into worship yeah. whole, wholly with my whole heart. I feel like I'm a divided mind on Sundays and uh, something to be aware of, at least for our own selves, to, to make sure that we're making the most out of Sundays. But to have an opportunity to just come right. with other people who are just there to worship um, is something that I know will scratch uh, that part of my soul in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that, man. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, we're super cool. excited. Yeah. Scott, I uh, want to take us to uh, the segment we've been talking about through uh, the New City Catechism. Yeah. And we got a, a question today. Question number six is before us. You want to yes. kick us off? Yes. So uh, last week we did uh, question five. What else did God create? And we answered it. God created all things. And we're moving on into question six, and it kind of stems from uh, a previous question four because it's it's a it's it's weird. It kind of jumps, but this is the question: um, How can we glorify God? How can we glorify God? Maybe we just open it up. Let's all take shots at the answer and see yeah. who's wrong. No, <laughs> <laughs> and laugh at them. Yeah, what do you guys think? What do you think about the question first off, and maybe what do you think about maybe where they're going with the answer? It's a money question. <laughs> Like, I, I just think it's it's one of the greatest questions we can ask, and I've struggled to answer it in my own heart in whatever different situation I'm in. I, th- I think there's uh, it's a question we I don't ask enough, and I think um, to be able to, I kind of wonder if I ask this question more, would my life reflect kingdom values more? Mm. You know, if I, if I approach every situation, every conflict, opportunity, every challenge with how can I glorify God in the midst of this? Um, if, if my life wouldn't be a little bit more at least satisfying yeah. <laughs> in some sense. So mm. I just think like that's my initial reaction to the question is like, wow, yeah. what a big 
question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe something that we don't ask ourselves. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, that's, that's interesting. I'm trying to think of what it would look like in my own life if I, if I did actively keep this question in front of my mm-hmm. mind. Would it change the things that I say or the things that I do? Right. Or even, you know, the motivations of our heart. Because mm. I think there's something there about, you know, having the, the glory of God as the end result or, the, or what we're working toward and everything that we think, do, or say yeah. is that sur- certainly would shift things. Yeah. I, I have a sense that if, if I continually asked myself this, I wouldn't necessarily have a heightened um, positive response, but I would continually see how I fail yes. more and more. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I it would, right. yeah. yeah, which is not, it's not a problem. No. But just because the question is asked or kept in the forefront does not necessarily mean that it's easy. That I'm going to do <laughs> yeah, it. You right. know, I would, I could just see this being like, wow, I am not glorifying God yeah. most of the time. Right. Yeah. Most of the time. It's a, it's, yeah, for sure. It's a diagnostic question and it's also an inspiring question. Mm. I think. And sometimes we need to know, like, the Lord loves us and we bring him glory even when we actively fail him. You know, not intentionally fail him, but but even when we are failing him. Yeah. For his redemption to be seen and his grace is a, is a rich visual representation of the gospel. I think the question is getting towards, like, a practical like, mm-hmm. like a, like I think in the catechism, it's, it's, it's really asking like, no, not like think about this question, but like, actually, no, no, how, how yeah. do you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's like a, there's a, there, there's a, there's an actual answer to it. Um, the Westminster catechism, mm-hmm. if I can flex my reformed knowledge for a second, <laughs> it's, uh, and let me just, let me caveat this. Cause <laughs> right. a lot of people have read the book, right? Uh, John Piper's desiring God quotes. It starts out with, with question one of the Westminster catechism, which says, what is the chief end of man? And it's to know God. And John John Piper changes the word of the catechism um, from and enjoy him forever to by enjoying him forever. Mm-hmm. To know God and to, I think, glorify him by uh, enjoying him forever. Mm-hmm. So he says God is most glorified when we are most satisfied mm-hmm. in him. Um, there's that idea of how do we glorify God? It's by taking everything that I want, uh, everything that I do, every desire that I have, and and finding its ultimate conclusion and purpose and fulfillment in uh, the Lord who created me, who loves me, who redeems me, who sustains me, and I think um, that that's again a really big idea. Mm-hmm. Like it's a huge idea um, where it gets really granular. Is can you do that while you're, you know, watching TV, and hmm. can you can you do that while you're? Depends in- on the TV. <laughs> yeah here's the fundamentalist conversation yeah, yeah. coming out um you know you can't enjoy god by watching that sport or whatever but is there a way where i mean the the classic example that pastor brad lagos has used uh shout out to brad is um enjoying god and glorifying him in, in a bowl of cereal uh worshiping the fact that god created uh sustainable life that grows wheat hmm. and oats and He's given us the industry and the power mm. to harvest such wheat and oats and to be able to have cows that produce milk and trans, you know, systems where we get that and to put them all together and to say, how good are you, God, that you provide for my needs by giving us this creation and whatnot. That's one way that Brad answers that question. And I've always thought that's an interesting. Yeah. I think that's like trying to make so much of a mundane moment. Mm-hmm. And I think the point is in every situation, there's a possibility to glorify God. I don't know. What do you guys think? I... I, I agree. I agree in the glory. Like there is glory in in the mundane. And the, this 
catechism, the New City Catechism, actually intertwines the two of like universal creation and then universal glorification. So mm. there's question question five and question six stem from this question four. So it says, how and why did God create us? Well, God created us and he did it for his glory in question four. Question five is like, what else did God create? Well, he created everything. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. question six, it goes into the glory. So, so it's like this connection between the fact that God is universal ruler and sustainer over all things. And then the fact that we are called to glorify him. Yeah. And I don't, that's not something that I keep in the front of my mind, like glory in the mundane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I struggle sometimes thinking like, you know, I can fall off the rails in my own perception of the world in, in my theology of thinking too little of humans, like that we're totally depraved and we're so sinful that like God has to do a redeeming work in us. And mm. it's, be, it's in light of that wickedness that God's glory shines through. But I think what the question pushes us to is also this capability that we do have to glorify God, yeah. Yeah. not out of just our sinfulness, but out of our general delight and, and, and desires being in agreement and alignment with God's good delight and desires. Um, I think that's a really, that's a corrective, at least for my own heart to think, you know, we're so bad that we could be, mm-hmm. or, or we're, there's nothing good in me. And yet God, as a created you know, person in the image of God, he's put it in me that I can glorify him mm-hmm. in whatever situation I'm in. And, and that kind of gets to the answer that the catechism gives for this question. Yeah, what's the six. answer, Scott? Yeah, what's yeah. the real answer? So, <laughs> it says, how can we glorify God? We glorify God by enjoying him, loving him, trusting him, and by obeying his will, commands, and laws. And so here in this glorification, we have this enjoyment yeah. and yeah. then obedience, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think is really interesting that and it's my uh, American individualism pushes back against how do I enjoy in subjection? Right. Yeah. You know? In, in yeah. submission. Yeah. In yeah, subservience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Submission is a better word. Yeah. 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 For sure. I I got I got stuck on the first word. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. And I wonder like how many Christians. I mean, even you listening right now. I wonder how are you enjoying the Lord, and if if we how we answer that. I think there's a word that you said, Dan, that I think stirs in me a more spiritual response and it's delight that that concept, which I guess is a synonym for enjoy. But I think in, yeah. in when I think of enjoy, I think of more of a temporal earthly mm. pleasure, mm. but a, a delight, something that is like stirs within me a response that is in awe or is amazed by, or is, um, yeah, to delight in something, to take pleasure in it beyond myself almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, and I think that's a perspective shift, like you were saying, like just to ev- everything that we are engaging in, everything that we observe and, and see in this world, not just us as humans, but as the whole created world around us, seeing that as something that God has given for his glory and to delight in that, to, to step back and be in awe of that is a part of it, I think. Yeah, I absolutely uh, agree with that. And um, I think this is a big question that could could uh, leave us the rest of our podcast days to, uh, to ask. But even, the, even just having it before us, how can I glorify God is a great, great thing for us to think about. Hey, you guys, um, before we uh, transition to our guest, uh, who we've got an excellent guest today coming in to talk about 
um, <clears throat> just a, a, a wonderful topic. Uh, but before we do, I got some listener mail for us. You guys, you guys what? Yeah, it's I mail know. time. Can we have a jingle for that? <clears throat> mail, mail time. <laughs> yeah, this comes in from a guy at our campus who uh, is, he's been, I, I'll shoot straight with you. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, I'll call him Mr. P. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because he's been so busy. I haven't seen him in a couple months, but I know he's been working and getting some stuff up. But he, he sent this in uh, just the other day and he said, hey, Dan, I uh, was just listening to the podcast and wanted to reach out and say thank you for the time you and the team have put into uh, doing that. It's been an encouragement, particularly over the past week, which has not been so easy. Anyway, just wanted to say thank you guys for your time. And uh, Mr. P, that was awesome. It was really encouraging for us to hear that uh, in the midst of what you got going on that we could be a bunch of goofballs who thanks help, mr p yeah help lead you a little bit more towards following christ uh with your life and to be encouraged in that it's hard to see everybody these days and even just to have um have a moment to connect through yeah. airwaves and through mp3s and podcasts is really fun so if you if you uh have a comment or a question that you want us to talk about and give you a, a mysterious name as well uh, send it <laughs> in to us you can connect with us on uh, the following faith pod uh it's our page on facebook uh only because i can't put the word podcast on there uh, right characters now or? yeah i don't know why uh, <laughs> facebook didn't let me do that but uh following faith pod uh or you can uh, just hit that subscribe button in your browser uh and we'd love to uh, connect with you uh until then uh, we've got a great guest coming online here so stick around Well, I'm so glad to be joined right here uh, in our studio with none other than Bill Widdup. Bill, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Dan. You uh, and Christina have uh, an incredible story, an incredible journey. Uh, it starts here in Northwest Indiana, right? And how many years ago did God call you to the missions field? Calling is a very interesting word. Okay. How many years ago did you go <laughs> so, to the mission field? Yeah, yeah. there we go. Um I would say we left the United States uh, on our first journey to Togo, West Africa in 2003 as a family. Yeah. And then in 2004, we made uh, Vanuatu our home yeah. uh, as a uh, new mission field. Yeah. Okay. So let's just pause right there because some of the people who are uh, listening along, uh, they had West Africa, you know, that kind of can place that on a globe. Um, but you just said Vanuatu. And some people heard, I don't want to. Uh <laughs> And I, I, you know, we're Americans and we really struggle with geography and that's to our shame, but can you help us understand where is Vanuatu? Yes, Vanuatu uh, is just south of the equator between the countries of Australia and Fiji. Um, there is about a four and a half hour plane flight between Australia and Fiji. And if you decided you're going to jump out in the middle, you'd land on Vanuatu. Something, that how I usually get there? I was going to say, something tells me you've done that. Um, <laughs> we're trying to convince Christina now to do that. <laughs> <laughs> to just say, hey, just drop us off here. We'll be good. Yes. That yeah. Will, uh, yeah well, so. I've heard there's been some difficulty getting getting back, getting flights in into Vanuatu itself, correct? Correct. Vanuatu is a closed country right now to all, including their own people at this point in time. Yeah, due to the coronavirus crisis correct. around the world. It, and it's not shown up on the shores there, or it has? Uh, they have no recorded 
um, yeah, incredible. cases at this point in time. Incredible. So uh, maybe, maybe Bill, what I want to do is have you uh, share with us just the initial seed, because a lot of the people who come to our campus and are listening on our podcast, uh, maybe they've heard us pray for you, um, but they, they've never heard your story. And I know we have a, you know, a limited, I could waste seven uh, days, uh, it don't want to be a waste, but I could talk to you for seven days about how the Lord's worked in your life as a missionary and all the adventures that he's brought you on and probably longer than that. But I'd love to know in the broad strokes, um, part of what the Lord did in taking you from comfortable Northwest Indiana life and, and then giving up a lot of the comforts to follow the calling of the Lord. Can you walk us through uh, the journey uh, as it unfolded for you? Well, we made um, Northwest Indiana home in early 2000. Christine and I were just five years married at that time. And I own a general contracting business and a few other things. And we found Bethel to be home. Uh, that was a church that we prayed about and spent some time and really fell in love with them. And um, as we got to know some of the people, uh, they realized that we had a heart for missions, but neither one of us had any involvement in the missions besides listening to other people's stories. Sure. And um, uh, so with that heart of missions and thinking that was pretty neat, um, the Bethel was trying to get together a missions team, and they asked us if we would be a part of it. And from developing the missions team and looking at missionaries and supporting um, over those years and helping, we realized that God had really laid on our hearts. It was time to go. And so we were just some guy that filled a pew, lack of better terms, to people who are now in another country uh, doing what we used to do here. Yeah. Just doing it in another country. Your first, you didn't, you didn't set out as a married couple with a mission to go to Vanuatu. No. That probably wasn't even on your radar. Uh, much in the same way that Vanuatu is some of the places that until I knew you, I didn't really know much about at all. And um, so you went to, to Togo. Uh, yes. And tell us a little bit about what that experience was like. A, a little bit of a trial, I imagine, just Great. test it out. Actually, uh, Bethel sent us to Togo, West Africa to see how we would function as a family because neither one of us had any international experience uh, to that degree. And they wanted to see how we function as a family in a developing country. So uh, we worked partnered with another organization, and Bethel sent us over there for 30 days to see how we did. And um, yeah, that was an experience. Uh, we uh, we had our highs, we had our lows. We were, um, I watched a missionary uh, get physically abused by the police there, wow. um, while at the same time my son is moving and they're pointing guns at us. And I felt at such a peace, even with the military training, I'd already evaluated multiple moves I could make, but I had peace to sit still. Mm. And that day on, I realized God wanted me in the mission field. Um, yeah. I don't know why. Could that be explained? No. Could I give yeah. you some big thing? No. But that was definitely something and fell in love with it. You let out a little bit of your story that you had a son at that moment. That's mm -hmm. Marcus. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Marcus today is uh, grown, married, waiting to have his first child of his own. Uh, yep. Many people in Bethel know and love Marcus and Sierra. But uh, how old would he have been at that moment? Do you remember? He was eight. He had just turned eight. It was his first birthday out of the United States. Yeah. yeah. And so I imagine um, that maybe... Uh, your maybe your family, a lot of your friends, a lot of the people here in the states, when they hear that you know anyone wants to move across 
the globe with with kids that probably was something that wasn't received with glee like they probably frowned upon that is that is that true what was some of the concerns that people had for you um some of the concerns we had uh, that we heard were one about education uh, one about health care uh, will your kids really be able to adjust okay um you know um, it's really important they get a good education um, Wait, are we talking about the 2020 fall school year or are we talking about the things that people <laughs> were asking you back then? Because <laughs> I feel like those are the same questions we're wrestling with yeah, today. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I don't think uh, much of those dynamics change yeah. um, in reality. Uh, we think they do, but yeah. they don't. The same questions are being asked today that uh, were asked of us years ago when we were going to the mission field were these uh, primary things uh, in their mind were primary things. Yeah, and you want—I know you understand this because you and I have had conversations about the hesitancy that maybe some some people had felt for you. And I know you don't blame people for that, but I, I think it's an interesting observation to pull out maybe some of the idols of our hearts in a very obvious way. And so, um, in in retrospect, can you help us from a? You have a unique perspective, having gone through giving up those idols and seeing the Lord be faithful. Can you maybe highlight for us some of the things that you heard that maybe you want to you wanna now speak into 16, 17 years later to say, you know, this could have happened, but the Lord saw fit this way. I don't know if that makes sense. If we're talking about education for children or health care, um, actually, let's just talk about children yeah, in that's general. Fine. Yeah, We as parents are only, they're not our children. Right. They're God's. Right. If we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, those children are his. Uh, we are only stewards of mm-hmm. those children. And it's not just children we could be talking about. <laughs> it's actually everything we have. But um, we're only stewards. And if God calls or he tells, uh, which he does very clearly in Scripture everywhere, is to go yeah. to your neighbor to the hospital, to wherever, to the other parts of the world. All nations, yeah. To all nations. And that's the really the only com- major command he has is to go and share our faith yeah. and share his son, Jesus Christ, with others. You likewise be witnesses. So if we're going to truly consider that to be a Christ follower, we have to realize that those children, we're only stewards of them. And if he says go, he'll take care of the rest, mm-hmm. um, which he does tell us all to go at one level or another. And we have to take that step of faith, and we just have to follow. Yeah. Vanuatu has some increased difficulty because it's not a single island, correct? Like correct. It's not just the United States as a single landmass, but there are, I don't, I don't even know how many islands that make up Vanuatu, and so there's a lot of geographic... There distance. are Americans that don't know how many islands make up Hawaii. So, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're... Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's 87 islands that make... 87 wow. inhabited islands that make up Vanuatu. Are there uninhabited islands? Mm-hmm. Yes. And how do I get there? <laughs> you buy them. Oh. Buy them. Yeah. You buy them. Is, you, would you like to be a campus pastor of Bethel Church? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your first assistant out in Vanuatu. <laughs> so there we go. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, uh, it is. If you look on the um, if you look at Vanuatu, it is the most natural disaster country in the world, hmm. likely and happening all the time. 
Uh, we have volcanoes, active volcanoes. I know I've been up to three, I believe. Um, um, and there's many of them. There are many cyclones every year, um, which are um, the same as what we would call a hurricane here. And we have an enormous amount of rain with an, mm. more sunny days and yeah. the state. So it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. The so land it's, of extremes. And the earthquakes, regular earthquakes, that's normal. Yeah. Um, so so you, you guys land in Vanuatu. It's this burgeoning country, mm -hmm. a developing country. Yep. You are... Um, by your skin color, clearly outsiders, mm -hmm. um, entering into a different mindset and different uh, community. And part of the mission task is to bridge contexts. And I admire you guys from a distance for having 16 years of longevity in the same place. I think our um, part of our Western uh, trap in our mind is we expect quick results on everything. Mm -hmm. You know, one election will fix every problem in America. And if we apply that that same thinking to missions, which is a life-on-life, long-term development, uh, we really shortchange the benefit of long-term missions and established relationships and life in a, in a country. So for you guys, 16 years is an incredibly solid foundation, but it started somewhere and you guys launched in and you, you, brought, uh, you brought one child over to the mission field? Brought two. Brought two, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you had Marcus and Michaela mm -hmm. in tow. Um, and talk about what it was like to be a missions family, like like really being you know the 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 four of you in this new situation, trusting the Lord. You know our podcast, just to get, catch you up to speed, is called Following Faith Podcast. It's just mm -hmm. following stories of people who follow the Lord by faith, and that's kind of what you were doing. How was that initial time for you guys? It was, it was scary. Um... Even, I mean, everything about it was um, nerve-wracking, mm. um, to say the least. But at the same time, during all that time, looking back, we had peace about it. Uh, even though we were uncertain, we were scared, uh, nothing was lining up the way that we would want it to line up. Uh, but now looking back, we see that that's part of the process he had us to go through to prepare us for the future. Um, yeah. and heading in directions that broke the norm, I guess we would call it, what normal missions, what normal um, things look like in the West and where we our backgrounds came uh, out of, uh, especially out of the uh, church we came from and backgrounds just, uh, it was stretching in every way, um, and it was scary. I mean, it was scary, but um, that's just part of, ministry too and, and life is yeah. life is what what was your first uh you know ministry assignment when you got there and maybe to talk a little bit about what you've been doing uh on on the islands uh for the past 16 years well the first ministry assignment we were going over there to establish a training center of some sort plus bible translation and supporting uh missionaries and um doing that. I was supposed to be trained in the first four years to kind of oversee and potentially take that over. And within the first six months, the whole organization we were with actually went belly up in the United oh. States, um, over close to a hundred units. Uh, and it just disappeared. Unit um, being, that's kind of missionary speak, but that's right. like missionary couples, families, or individuals who Correct. are out across the globe. Correct. A hundred of those people, wherever they were, 
kind of cut off from their main support. Right. So in Vanuatu was um, the whole team kind of imploded. Um, so, um, and we were brand new, so we didn't know what was going on. And I guess it already started before we got there. It just, we were all hyped up and excited. So, um, but that vision never really changed. Uh, we had a heart to train. We had a heart to for the Bible translation and discipleship. That never changed. And um, God used uh, Bethel at that time to um, said, well, if you guys want to at least learn the language and culture, which is exactly what we're, all we really need to be doing in the first two to four years, um, which was probably the best thing for me because I had no project then. I had my project now became learn the language and the culture and see if this is where God wants you. I went, oh, this is different. Um, kind of a uh, gift looking back, yes. right? Because I know your personality. <laughs> yeah. You're like a get it going kind of guy. And uh, to just have that forced rest from the Lord is probably, I mean, we can look back and say, thank you. Right? Like that's a, what a mercy. Right. And uh, it's interesting you say it was a forced rest, but it was probably the, the busiest and hardest <laughs> two years of my life. Like, that was wrong. That's wrong. Dude. Yeah, that's, that's the, uh, let's not use the word rest, okay? Right. right. A forced redirection. Rest. Let's, call it, let's call it a mission redirection. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was, but no, I definitely praise the Lord for that because it, um, in those times, we were able to build some great relationships, and the training I grew up in and uh, military gave me was to learn. It sounds bad, but to to uh, learn your enemy and to observe, to watch, to see what's going on. Uh, don't worry about what they're saying. See what they're doing and what's going on. And uh, I'm glad that that all kind of kicked in and other things that uh, yeah. God allowed to happen. For instead us to of happen, the enemy, I mean, you're looking at. Uh, bro potential brothers and brothers sisters, and sisters. In Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah right which is which is incredible how did you go about doing that so the first couple of years I'm learning the country I, I wouldn't even know where to begin in a new country or if I was just dropped into the United States like where yeah, would do I you go? walk around with an apple and say apple and yeah, then you look to them to say like what do you call this like how, how does that go uh that's a really good question um or does it just happen is it just every everybody's a little different there are some Organizations out there are pretty good at giving policy and procedures, but everybody's a little different. I know that Christina learned uh, by picking up some of local books um, and finding somebody who would work with her in the house who would then teach her more of a educational structure. Yeah, I am the guy who went out and sat on the uh, picnic table in front of the the only the store at that time um and gas station and try to listen to people and talk and pick up words here and there and there are certain ways that you can you'll find english you'll every once in a while you'll find english somewhere and you try to work with that and then you realize okay that might be my extent with that individual and then you take those words and you build upon them uh kids are great because they laugh but they correct you where adults sometimes won't um <laughs> yeah and you have to learn to laugh at yourself a lot and yeah. learn just to really just start praying a lot more yeah. uh, because you're in a really unknown situation. Um, God created these people. He understands everything. So let's, you know, just spend a lot of time in your own head when you're alone praying to God because there's nothing else that's familiar to you. And so it kind of pushes you back to just relying on God and praying and letting the spirit move and, yeah. and, um, 
writing a lot of stuff down and going through stores and learning names and seeing what people pick up and what they say when they pick it up. And, and you say back and they like, yeah, you just figured out how to say corn, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and there's a, so yeah. Um, yeah, to just be unobservant of your surroundings, which is what we should be doing in life anyways. Mm-hmm. Being observant of our surroundings and seeing where God wants us to step in and say hello or yeah, how can I help you? Or When um, when I think back upon 16 years of that's how it started for you guys and now you've been established there and, and I know you're building teams, you have a tremendous amount of uh, people. Uh, tremendous makes it sound like you know thousands and thousands, but I know you got a great team that's mm-hmm. on the ground right now made up of, mm-hmm. of locals as well as international missionaries. Yes. Um, and, and you've even started your own missions organization uh, to, to help bring people a part of this. Um, and uh, I, I wonder if you could just share maybe a story or two, of just some, some of the things that st- uh, strike out to you as like the, the fruit that God has blessed you in your labors. I mean, I, I look at two fruits right now, really big ones, I would say, um, um, just from our perspective, let's say a Western perspective, um, the two families that serve with us that full time, two of them are married. The women, one woman is from America, but she married a local Nivanuatu. Yeah. And then the, the other woman is from New Zealand with uh, a degree in education, and she married a local Nivanuatu. And both those men have stayed in Vanuatu to reach their own people because wow. they realize. Um, they need the gospel and the gospel is more important than either one of those could move to very successful countries and be very live a hundred times financial what they are right now. Mm. But they believe this is where God has them and their wives are 100% supportive of it. It's awesome. Uh, I don't know that they were all the time, but they are and they see that. And that's, that's two huge fruits I can see right there. Just showing that God is bigger than what we think where that we think, oh, we're in America. This is great. Mm. And these guys have the opportunity. He's actually a U.S. citizen now. Yeah. But he's chosen to serve his people and to reach his people and disciple his people. Yeah. I think when uh, we talk about, you know, Western mission in today's context for, for maybe since 2000 till 2010, we were huge on indigenous leadership in all of our organizations, whether it was SBC or evangelical, whatever whatever organization we had, we were trying to you know make indigenous pastors, uh, indigenous leaders, and I think that transition still into the last decade as well. Um, and and so and I don't I don't disagree with that. I think you know the gospel is local. Mm-hmm. Part of the gospel is to go make disciples of all nations, but those nations also making disciples of their own nation as well. Mm-hmm. How else did the gospel come to America? Right, this the America is not in the Bible. We're we're a byproduct of mission, but um, indigenous fruit I think is the most exciting for us, and I think that happens two ways. And this is what I want to kind of transition the rest of our time to. It, it happens when um, the people that you're reaching out to then catch the vision for the gospel, mm-hmm. for who Christ is, for what He's done in their lives, and how and how saving faith can give them a relationship with the Lord that then extends out to a relationship with your brother in a new way. And um, that's really exciting for me to hear that those people have already caught the vision and, and are a part of that with you. But I also think there's another indigenous type of ministry that happens, and it's the it's the ministry that happens within our own families. We we often forget the first mission field is um, the stewardship that God's given us over our spouses and our uh, children. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited because your son and your daughter-in-law 
have made uh, you know made it public that they are um, leaving Northwest Indiana. Their intention is to join the mission field. And uh, for all the people who might have had you know questions back in two, the early two thousands about whether this is a good de- idea or not, mm-hmm. uh, Marcus and Sierra are saying this is a, that was a great idea, one of the best ideas of our life because we want to go back and we want to raise our family uh, in Vanuatu on this mission mm-hmm. as well. As a dad, that's got to be like the most like the moment he told you, hey, we're gonna come back. That had to have been like a throw your hands up in the air, like thank you, Lord, that's amazing type of thing. Was it like that? Yes and no. Okay. Yeah. Tell, tell me more uh, about was, that. It was exciting that he was uh, going to follow the Lord. And and he is. I, I, I believe the last few years have actually been following the Lord. Yeah. And his want has drawn him to that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's exciting. Um, uh, I remember people asking me, do you think he'll be able to ever relate with, um, you know, both he and his wife are homeschooled. Will they ever be able to relate to the world? Uh, will they ever be able to have a great education? And you've got his wife who has graduated, and not only did she pass her her um, education degree and get her license for the state of Indiana, but she actually tested one of a few for all 50 states and just finished it all up and decided, I still don't need that in the states. I want to go serve people in Vanuatu. Yeah. So yes, she has related. Uh, she's went to Indonesia and uh, taught there for quite a few months. And they were asked at a private school, one of the top in Indonesia, stay on permanently, would keep you. So will God take care of our children if we give them to him and truly do that? Yes. Marcus, who um, literally physically and mentally thinks and works hard where that multiple job offers. He's getting paid what most 45-year-old men get paid. Um, And he's walking away from a very good job saying, but it's not about the job. It's about my walk with Christ. I have just a short amount of time to serve my Lord on this earth, and I want to serve him full-heartedly no matter the cost. Yeah. and um, That's so inspiring. And I just want to say that from me to you because I think – I, I think of, you know, in retrospect, hindsight is twenty twenty. In this case, it's not. Because had you in the early 2000s stayed, would the Lord have, you, know, you could play that game. Like, would the right. Lord have still called him and maybe he'd be the one that steps out in faith? I don't know, maybe. But I got to think that part of, part of that courage to walk away from what's comfortable came from watching you mm-hmm. and came from watching, you know, his mom go through the uncomfortable and and go through a life in a different way. And now I have to imagine that his, his the modeling and the experience, he's tested that faith and found God to be clear and, and good. So that whenever whatever God tells him, he's gonna say, I trust you, I trust you, Lord. And for me as a as a parent who's raising this kids in Valpo and uh, you know, Scott, you're a Valpo product, so maybe I should just look at you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not to say that the only way our kids could could hear the Lord and obey him is to um, you know have such a otherworldly experience. But I do think that what you're what you're helping me think about in my mind is how much do I prevent my own kids from seeing what God's doing in my own heart and the faith that I'm living out and how much of me protecting them is actually stunting their faith is, is actually mm-hmm. keeping them from um, experiencing a relationship with the Lord that is beyond just knowing the right Bible verses, but it, but is one where they hear his voice and they know his will. Um, 
do you, do you ever think like that's been a part of why the Lord is, or why Marcus is uh, able to make that call at such a young age is to say, man, you know, he was in an environment where faith was for sure lived, observed, watched, and and um, experienced. For me to answer that yes would be very hypocritical. Okay, say more. Uh, because I don't feel like I did anything that anybody else couldn't do. Yeah, I just felt like I mean you have to you have to remember Marcus is our prototype. He was our first one off the assembly line. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but at the same time. I didn't do anything that was extraordinary. Um, I, 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 I think I even shared that with you. I would be, I struggled to answer that question because I just know that I thought I failed. Hmm. I thought I was messing up. Hmm. I still do. Mm-hmm. Still have two more at home yet, um, and we fervently pray uh, every morning. I wake up. My first prayer is, "Thank you, Jesus." for coming to this earth and dying on the cross and let me serve you today the way that you need me to serve you. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's hard. I, I, don't, I really can't answer that question of a yes or no is that from a faith-driven, but I try for it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I try for it to be. But I, I, I feel like I fail every day. Yeah. But I, I don't want it to be a yes because then that means I did something, mm-hmm. and I don't want that. I want it to be no. I relied fully on God. Yeah, and I think you're getting to the to the crux of even what it means to be a, a Christian is is not this um, figure out the playbook and then execute it. That's legalism. Mm-hmm. And and that's the worst form of Christianity is to think that by your own actions, you can move the needle of spirituality in your own heart. Now, we know we can do that to the negative, um, but but it's the spirit that, you know, um, really moves in us to, to one man uh, plants, the other sows, but God gives the growth, right? Mm-hmm. I think I botched that somehow. Someone will email me and tell you it's waters, not sows, but uh, God gives the growth. And... Um, and so I, I so appreciate your humility and your perspective, Bill, on that because um, I, I think many people can relate um, in the same way that if if you know we we don't condemn a parent based upon the poor choices of their kids as well. Um, that's part of why parent is steward, parenting is stewardship, and, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Yep. It it um, as a as a you know a dad of three kids myself, and and I've I don't know what the Lord has in store for my kids, but. It, it just uh, has got to be exciting for you to watch your um, your son uh, and daughter-in-law uh, be willing. And so, so let's talk about this for a second. They're going to have a, a child in days. Days, yep. In <laughs> like, days or so. Yep. Yeah, in days. <laughs> and so we're praying that everything goes well and smoothly yep. and, and um, just that the Lord would be uh, working in that the way he often does. Um, but... Here, here's an echo of the, the, the pattern. Like here's a family that's going to take a, a newborn mm-hmm. overseas. And I, I hope that at least our church is standing with you and the people who are listening are standing with hearing your example and what the Lord has done through just simple acts of obedience, no matter how radical they seem to us. 
um, to, to be praying for Marcus and Sierra as they take the step of faith and, and praying for this child that's coming. Yep. Uh, and to, to even know that the Lord is good and the Lord has uh, great plans in it. And I would hope that um, there's a way that our people would feel inspired by their faith to participate. Yes. And um, one of the ways that I want to just uh, talk with you about is, is very uncomfortable for missionaries to bring this up. And so I just want to preemptively like force the conversation while we're recording things, because why not? Um, but but missions work is all kind of like an all skate, like everyone's involved in missions. Yes. It's not just something that like we we anoint the, you know, the, the, the Delta force around us and then send them out. But it's something that, you know, the, the guy in the pew you know, is capable of going overseas, but not everybody's mm-hmm. the guy on the pew that's capable of going overseas. Some people um, have to be on the team that sends them. And that's a huge aspect of missions. Even Paul was sent by churches with monetary support. We're studying the book of Romans. What is the book of Romans at its core, except for a plea for finances <laughs> so that he can uh, go carry out his mission to the, to the ends of the earth in Spain, if only he knew about Vanuatu. Um, and so I want to just give you a chance to talk about some of the need that exists and some of the opportunity that exists for, for um, I know our church is a supporting church for you, but um, no missionary that I know of is fully supported by one church. And so there's always need for multiple people to go uh, and say, hey, I, I love what you're doing. I love your faith. I'm going to partner with you and even do that financially, even to my own hurt. That, that I might sacrificially give. So I know uh, there's got to be some some sort of way that we can partner with you um, and our listeners can partner with you. How, how would that happen? Well, there's there's a few different ways. Um, definitely prayer. Um, to be a, uh, you asked about a parent, I know that how many times have, uh, uh, have you had to miss a, a game or miss time because you need to make sure you're praying about something? Right. Okay. That's so, um, Pray for me. Pray yeah. for us. Pray for other missionaries. Uh, to say, you know what, guys, um, we're going to miss a game this week, and we're going to take that hour and pray. Mm-hmm. Because prayer is more important this week to us than a game. Yeah. Or uh, how many times you've spent family time and together, and you're decided, let's just spend an hour in prayer. Yeah. Um, so that'd be huge. Another way is um, to give. Yeah. Um, financially. Uh, um do your kid, you know, you want to be a, we share with our kids how much we give and who we give to. Mm-hmm. And we pray and we ask them to give some of their pocket money to give, to sacrificially give. We, uh, we, we try to show that. And that's something huge. Uh, you want to, I, I used the word radical. Uh, do we really want to be radical Christians? Well, guess what? We're only stewards of his money. Mm-hmm. And um, how would he spend, how would Jesus Christ spend that money? Uh, are you spending it the way it should be spent um, for his mission or your mission? And so that's that's a question. And to let's be radical. And if you f- feel like you can uh, do fifty dollars a month, try a hundred. Mm-hmm. Test God, not test Him. That's a bad word. But why well, don't you it's a biblical a... word. Malachi uh, mm-hmm. throws it out there uh, for us to test the Lord and see if He won't provide. It's it's very mm-hmm. biblical. We take that to be a an, an awkward, clumsy translation for our own hearts. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think the point of, of saying like, see if the Lord provides when you when you give to his work. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge deal. I even am thinking you're talking about, your, do your kids know uh, where you're giving? And and um, I, I was raised in a home where my parents taught me very biblical, at least what, they, what we called biblical stewardship principles, sort of the mm-hmm. 80, 10, 10 type thing. 
And I remember my parents uh, encouraging me to support a missionary yep. and struggling with that as a 12 year old <laughs> being like, yeah. well, that $10 a month could be, you know, baseball card money, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as back when the bowls were really popular and I was addicted to basketball cards. And, um, and yet, like, Bill, I think it's just a lot of people think, well, that $10 a month isn't going to help. And I'm curious, wh- how, what would it do to your soul to get $10 a month from a 12-year-old? Well, I, I know that there is a 12 and a 13-year-old that's giving monthly yeah. right now. Yeah. And I know from family members that uh, that is 25% of what he gets. And he's giving 25% of his income and he has, uh, and that's his goal is to give more. Yeah. But right now he, he knows that he can do 25 commit Yeah. and he's doing it. Oh, I love been. that. And we've had others who are on fixed incomes. We know they're on fixed incomes who give an enormous amount. And I know they still tithe to the church and they're giving way above and beyond. And we're going this, you want to talk about touching somebody's heart is they don't you don't need to announce it yep uh but it, it's really neat to see um and it's awkward for them to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to serve the lord i'm going oh, okay that's awkward <laughs> for me because i feel like i'm failing in this whole thing yeah. uh but i also see the joy of seeing this individual be able to give mm-hmm. and they're finding finding a connection and they're realizing they have brothers and sisters around the world who are coming to know Jesus Christ for the first time because of a little bit of something they have on this side of the world that they yeah. couldn't physically or able to get over there or whatever, but this is a way that they partner. Yeah, and that's an insane blessing. If you stop and actually think about uh, what matters in eternity, it, it's it's not um, Starbucks or whatever mm-hmm. we, we foresee or fixing the car. It's It's the word of the Lord. Um, as it's planted and sown across the globe. I'm sure, uh, you know, your, your son and daughter-in-law are uh, new to uh, missions. And mm-hmm. so um, they're probably building their team right now. Yes, I'm sure a lot of our support, you know, our, we have an incredibly, t- we haven't talked about this ever, Scott, but uh, our podcast listenership is incredibly generous. Um, when we asked for gifts for Daniel and Christina, and we just kind of jokingly threw it out there, we we had uh, every day, I think Denise had a gift in the office to pass along to the new couple. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, thank you guys for doing that. And you're, you're so generous. I know it touched uh, Daniel and Christina for sure, but we have a generous uh, listenership. And, and I know you listening right now um, are probably feeling provoked in your spirit for this. And, and I just want to highlight uh, Marcus and Sierra and their new child. Uh, as a potential way that the, that you could really make a difference with your funds um, and going to the work of the ministry. Um, Bill, can you kind of fill in the gaps? We'll drop whatever you say into the show notes of this podcast episode so people can easily click the link or whatever. Yeah. But but where would you direct people if they wanted to make a one-time contribution or, or set up a monthly gift to you guys? I mean, definitely on the Up and Up Ministries has a um, PayPal link. Um, that, that you can give right through them. You set up, you can do monthly one-time gifts whenever through there. Um, so yeah, um, you can also email um, them uh, easily at okay. uh, wegomissions at gmail.com, okay. I believe. And We'll uh, make sure after the fact yes. that you give me the right email and we'll put that in the listener notes. You can also uh, always go to upandupministries.org. Is that U-P? U-A-N-D-U-P. 
M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S dot O-R-G. Perfect. Upandupministries.org. Yeah. And just hit get involved and go to Marcus and Sierra's page and it should have a link there to be able to give. And um, so, yeah, that would be a huge encouragement to them. Um, They've got a lot of outgoing expenses. A lot of people don't realize um, we are one of the rare countries left in the world where you actually have to send over everything that you're going to need from a toothbrush to toothpaste to... um, if they want a couch to sit on, if they want a bookcase to put books on. You're saying that the IKEA um, in Vanuatu doesn't exist? Yeah, it's called a 40-foot shipping container from the United States <laughs> that we pack together. Do in. you get two-day shipping on that? <laughs> no. <laughs> if we get it under six months, we're happy. Yeah. Uh, so oh, my gosh. <laughs> usually it's uh, containers uh, from the time we close our doors here. Um, and open the doors over there is anywhere between eight weeks and... Uh, 26 weeks. Wow. Wow. Well, there's a lot of thought and ministry uh, ideas that have gone into what what the Lord's put in front of you guys. And I just got to tell you, I'm always encouraged when we sit down and talk. I'm always blessed by your family, um, you know, by your kids just as much as I am by you and your wife. And, um, you know, we haven't said this, but uh, Al and Pat Unander, um, you know, we we did Al's uh, funeral right as COVID was coming up and, Mm -hmm. and miss him. Uh, but Christina's parents, I mean, they're beloved here at our campus just as much as you guys are. And, um, the, the, the crew is, uh, no stranger to our campus, but we want to make sure that we are, uh, just following the Lord with you as you guys follow the Lord. And so thanks for sitting down and sharing just the exciting things that are happening in your family and your ministry. Um, and, and to let us know how we can be involved.